0: In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the internet—a feat attempted by many and conquered by many—to produce a relatively listenable podcast. Devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know
1: that, right? <laughs> no! Please! Oh, please! <laughs> no! They're puppets. No it! And-
2: <laughs> Muppets are puppets. Gonna...
1: <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever. I but it's uh, Feige. I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Asking the important questions.
1: What
2: is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's, that's a
0: Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster armor. That's, that's, that's how, how a he fights fat the... Iron Man.
1: <laughs> this is the Sinistraw Podcast. Wow! We did it. Nice.
0: I like it. There's something new for everyone to skip over every, <laughs> every week. Well, uh, welcome to episode 25 of the Sinus Not Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. and uh, this is Kiko Martinez. So, uh, wow, that's an, an opening, uh, Cody. Mostly put the, all that together, yeah, with uh, some input from the rest of us.
2: He had to drink a lot of bourbon to get his uh, voice out <laughs> low.
0: <laughs> My voice is a little lower this week because I'm sick. Uh-huh. Does it sound a little more uh, soothing to you, or does it sound
2: sounds a, a bedroom? You have like a bedroom voice,
1: a little sexier, <laughs> <laughs> a little
0: smokier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: the The uh the intro was uh, a very uh, cost effective thing that we did. So. Everything runs through fiber. Everything, everything runs through fiber through <laughs> life. Is, is it done playing?
0: Because I, I had to fade it out here on the board. So,
1: uh, yeah, it's done playing. So
0: I can, I can bring this level
1: back yeah. up. Yeah, you could have let the music run a little bit longer, but you know, I'm sorry. What, what I mean, music like, was that? First, was it's that a, free music? That, as well, that was royalty free. It's our first. <laughs> it's our first time using
0: this, so we're working the bugs out. But uh, we,
1: we're gonna let the music run a little longer next. We're time. We're gonna play that music live, live, but then we realize we could not play there's instruments. No, there's no band. There's <laughs> yeah. no room for
0: there's a band. There's no house band. Yeah.
1: We can't afford a house ban.
0: So uh so let us know what you think of it if you like it. Yeah. Uh, if you hate it, just skip over it, please.
1: Yeah, it's only a minute. I mean you can you can handle a minute. Can you? I don't know. People if people listen to this and it's you know, sometimes we have two hour episodes. I think, <laughs> this- I think an extra minute won't we'll,
0: you know
2: My wife liked it, but she's she's like, Yeah, it's better than the British girl and I was like, No, you don't understand. We're keeping the girl She's just for the segments. This is for the
0: opening. Why is why does everybody dislike the British girl I so much? I don't, I don't know. What's her name? Do you remember her name?
1: Her Fiverr name? Yeah. I think it's Kimmy Pops. Kimmy Pops? Yeah. Maybe
0: it's just because it's not that's such a like a British thing that like British uh DJ, what do you call that? Uh needle drop.
1: Yeah. Like yeah, thing. the DJ drops, yeah. Uh
0: like we don't do that here in the United States. Yeah. Because if you listen to if you I, on one of the satellite radio channels, they play the uh, Top of the Pops. Yes. Uh, or no, not Top of the Pops, the official chart show on uh, from BBC Radio, and it sounds I, that's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like our podcast.
1: I so well, I always I like it, and people don't like it. I like it too. So, so what I mean, it.
2: American podcasts don't well, have it's like
1: just, segment it's, break. That's like Sounds. a that's like a
0: British radio thing oh. I mean, it's just that, the British voice yeah. The woman It's also, you know, I like how they call uh, uh Like morning shows In Britain and in Australia, breakfast shows Yeah, <laughs> I do like that too Like I wish we had a breakfast podcast
2: but We not, are like, kind of having but, it yeah. I had croissants downstairs if you guys wanted some. Oh I had some
1: You're telling us now, after we're all set up, now we're going to have to like pause the show and restart. I had some grapes
0: before I left the house. Oh, that's
2: good. I'm drinking my cranberry juice. I
0: have to take this cough medicine that is literally the nastiest thing in the world. Why don't you just get cherry flavored one? Well, because it's a prescription cough medicine because oh. I have a nasty cough. And if I cough during the show, I apologize. I do have cough drops. But we don't have. We you don't need have... to
1: mark down every coffee you make so you can just cut it out. Of the show. <laughs> you know, just be there for four hours editing <laughs> and it like cuts out words that y'all are saying.
0: <laughs> but I, I to to offset the taste of this cough medicine, I've I've been eating grapes. Does
1: that work? Yeah, okay. but it, I mean, is that an old oh, wives' tale? No, it's just
0: the <laughs> quickest thing that I have in the okay. fridge. But it's uh, it's the weirdest thing. Like it's like I'm at a hospital because I. It, don't just pour it out of the of the bottle into a spoon or whatever. Yeah. I have to stick a syringe in there oh, yeah. and pull it out. Like like I'm taking where do you, where do you inject it? <laughs> into my mouth. <laughs> I just squirt it <laughs> into my mouth. <laughs> I mean, Pause. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it's like I'm getting morphine out or something.
1: Anyway. That's cool. So well, hope you don't cough and ruin our show. I
0: I would just be more concerned about
1: uh, catching it. Yeah, if I were you. Do you have a SARS mask anywhere? <laughs> no.
2: Next time, though, I want I want breakfast now. I want to eat breakfast while we're doing this show.
1: I don't know if we have the budget for that.
0: <laughs> breakfast tacos are no, cheap enough yeah. here. Yeah, But yeah, a real breakfast would be good, like uh, eggs and pancakes. <laughs> or and... Belgian waffles. Little eggs or...
1: Benedict. What's that? I've never I don't even know that. what that is. It's I've like heard a, it. a, It's a... It's a fancy. I, we won't. We won't. This come is on, podcast. come on, Cody. My name
0: is Cody. No, Cody. <laughs> I know I did that already once before. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's. All right, then let's go ahead and move on to news.
2: It's time for the real rundown, recapping this week in movie news.
0: First up, it was announced that actor Christoph Waltz is going to be the villain in the new James Bond movie. What uh, number are they up to now? Is it twenty something? uh it's 24 24 yeah this will also be directed by sam mendez who directed skyfall which is a movie i loved personally
1: yeah uh it's uh and it's being written by <laughs> a guy with with i assume a guy with the one of the best names i've ever heard his name is jez butterworth
0: <laughs> and uh Man, now i'm just thinking of pancakes
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of your bread game um mrs butterworth <laughs> hello
1: he wrote Edge of Tomorrow and Get On Up. Uh, now, of course, um, it has not been confirmed who Christoph Waltz is going to play, but we can all assume it's the villain. Because um, uh, who else? Why? Because yeah. he plays
2: a villain in every single one of his movies?
1: Well, but
0: who else is he going to play? I mean, yeah. It's James Bond, and then I assume Ray Fiennes is back. Yeah,
1: Ray Fiennes is, is going to be back. and, um, and uh, like I, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor was originally going to be the Bond villain, and he dropped out. So Christoph Waltz is taking over, um, and yeah, that's. Uh, I I know that Dave Bautista is playing a henchman in the movie, <laughs> so he gets a piggyback off his guardian's, guardians. success. But
0: is it? It's interesting now to me that uh, the Bond franchise has, I guess, taken a step up in the last ten years or so since Daniel Craig started. I think, so, started. Yeah, I think starting with Daniel Craig because uh, you know it used to be. I mean, it was it was big time box office stuff, but it was always super cheese ball. Yeah. Uh, was
1: Pierce Brosnan the one before Daniel Craig? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: those. I love GoldenEye. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I love that movie. But uh, everything after that was pretty bad. And I mean, the villain was always like Jonathan Price or. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was her name in from Braveheart? And uh, the French actress was one of the villains. And then uh, the guy that was in. uh the full Monty, he played a guy that couldn't feel pain. <laughs> it was just dumb stuff. Like, I don't
1: know. I've I've the only the first Bond I ever saw was Casino Royale. So really, yeah. hmm. I I love Casino Royale. Wait, I
2: mean, yeah, Casino Royale what was the second one called again. Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I not like that. I at never all. saw
1: that one actually.
0: Really, I, I skipped over Quantum of Solace. I heard it was bad. And Quantum
2: of Solace has a really lame um, villain. I can't remember.
0: That's the first one that really. I think that's the first bond that's actually a definite sequel to the one before it. Mhm. I think they've all been kind of uh, yeah. uh you know, they they don't pick up
1: the same storylines. I'm a little like I I don't I didn't love Skyfall. I I I I just didn't think it was that great. Um and I thought that Javier Bardem was a little underused. I thought he was good at times, but he could have been a lot better. I think the trailers made him out to seem a lot better than he actually was in the movie.
2: Was well, he? did he play a gay
1: guy? Was he
2: gay? Yeah.
1: I think the implication was yeah. he was gay. Oh, okay. wasn't... Or at least attracted to James Bond. Yeah. The very oh, least. there's that scene, right? Okay. Yeah. That's right. I didn't, I, I don't really. I think the interesting question here is um, is is this going to be a role where Christoph Waltz can finally break out of the Tarantino shadow and do something? Because, I mean, his, his biggest, I mean, he's the two Tarantino movies he's done, he's won Oscars for. And then when you look beyond that, he hasn't really done. He hasn't had much success in other American movies, other than Carnage, which wasn't American but it was English. But nobody saw. Nobody saw it, and it wasn't well received. Even though I liked it, and he was the best part of it, other than John C. Riley, who was also great.
2: I yeah. don't know if that's. I don't know if it's a shadow he'd want to get out of, though. I mean, he has, he's had so much success. I think more of the shadow would be him playing, you know, the villain type character. Yeah. I think
1: um, he. Well, I mean, he has to get out of the shadow because. Uh, he's. I mean, he can't just wait around for Tarantino to do movies.
2: Yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying that's why he's getting all this other work is these two Oscar wins and um his work with Tarantino. So well, I gonna... think that it's hurting him a little bit in the fact that everybody's looking at him as the antagonist now. And you know, you but know.
1: I don't know. He wasn't the antagonist in Django Unchained. True. That's true. I mean, um, he doesn't have to be a bad guy, but but he usually is. I mean, the Green Hornet. Um, Water for
2: Elephants, uh, Three Musketeers. I can't remember if he was a bad guy there. I don't know.
0: Uh, <laughs> what else? Muppets Most Wanted. He Muppets just had a cameo. Oh. He did the waltz. Do you remember that? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> he was orig- originally supposed to play a bigger part in that. I think he was supposed to play the Ty Burrell part.
2: <laughs> he, was, he was supposed to play Gonzo.
0: Yeah.
1: That's how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting, especially with the announcement recently that Tarantino is only doing like three more movies as he's planning oh, to do we'll up. see sure, whatever
0: yeah. i don't believe i mean he's a fantastic filmmaker but anything else that comes out of quentin tarantino's mouth is just total bullshit to me yeah mm-hmm. like it, i just don't give a shit at
1: all
2: i'm looking forward to uh, christoph waltz and uh, big eyes later this year which is um
1: i don't i don't think that movie looks good at all really tim burton
2: it, i like when he does serious more serious stuff what was the last
1: good movie that tim burton made Mm, big Fish. Probably. I don't know. I have to look
2: back. Let's see.
0: I think Frank and Frank half and of Weenie a good movie. I thought was good. I think it's half of a good movie. Sweeney Todd was great. Oh yeah.
2: Two thousand seven. Yeah. Corpse Bride before that was really good. Big Fish. So he's done some stuff.
0: He does. He yeah.
2: He's fallen off. Considerably I mean yeah, big. a little bit because I mean he did Planet of the Apes and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You didn't like Dark, dark Shadows. Shadows. I hated. Dark Shadows was really bad. Anyway, Christoph Waltz, bad guy. James um, Bond.
1: James Bond.
0: 14. 24. 14.
1: Bond 24. Are we just saying numbers now? 14. <laughs> 16. 87.
0: B5. 007. B5. Uh, By
1: the way, October th- 23rd, 2015. Release
0: date. Oh, wow. That's pretty close to just now be uh, announcing a cast member that's less than a year away.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh. and I. Um, what's his name? Um uh Roger Deakins isn't shooting it this time though. Who is? Uh Hoyt van Hoytema. <laughs> Who's a new he's, He shot uh, Interstellar and her Okay. Yeah. So, um
0: it, it, it I mean, like I said it's impressive the the pedigree these Bond movies have now. I guess once they started taking them seriously. I just wonder why it never happened before. Yeah.
1: I just can't see what Jez <laughs> I I just wanted to say the name again. Jez J E Z Butterworth. It's a great name. It's an awesome name. I, honestly, it sounds like a Bond villain or a Bond character at the very least. No, I mean, it sounds I mean, Mr. like Mr. A, it's, no,
0: it sounds like a Cohen Brothers like uh bad guy. <laughs> like some Southern Cohen Brothers bad guy, like oh Jez Butterworth, played think... by Stephen Root
1: or something. I think Butterworth <laughs> sounds like uh like uh like really He's like a corrupt British. Southern judge. I, I hear like like uh you know really posh British person. With a name like Jez, though? Yeah, because it's it's short for something. Okay. <laughs>
0: <We got> nothing <laughs> that's, else. That's that's enough. Let's move on to the next topic. So Universal is rebooting their monster series, uh, that being Frankenstein,
1: Dracula. Yeah, the first the first in the series was Dracula Untold.
0: So they so. said. Yeah. Anyway, after the fact, uh, they're rebooting it as an Avengers style franchise. Yeah. Which.
2: Wow. It sounds ridiculous.
0: Anyway, so it was announced this week that the movies won't actually be horror movies. They'll be more in the action adventure style.
1: Yeah. Uh that's 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 what we're hearing. Um and obviously uh you know, it started with Dracula Untold. There's going to be uh the next one that's going to be is Alex Kurtzman is directing The Mummy in twenty sixteen, and then the Wolfman is coming in twenty seventeen. I, I don't know if he he's still attached to it, but I think that Justin Lin was attached. Oh wait, never mind. That's part of another story. We'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're going to do that. I think they're going to do um, uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon and Frankenstein as well. And um,
2: we can all assume that every single one of these movies is going to be released in in January. Why? because it's action adventure horror type film well, that's,
0: well not anymore hopefully. Well no,
2: not I'm just saying horror type that than the fact that they're
0: horror characters. This is no, this is the this they're going to probably go for like Well, I don't know, do they have release dates? Uh, I don't know if they have them beyond the the year. This sounds like one of those like March releases to me. Well, it's it's like one the of those early season.
1: It's one of those things where the chairman of uh I guess Universal had said you know they're gonna take it out of the horror genre and put it in action adventure and make it present day, and so it's like you're taking all these movies that happen like in the 30s and you're stripping away the horror and you're turning them into action adventure. It's, I guess it's sort of the idea that I mean, do we have like that Hansel and Gretel, uh, uh, like t- like turning a, a really old story into this like modern day? I don't think that was modern in. day though. Yeah, it wasn't day.
0: I don't think. I think they, they just had, had, had... Giant,
1: they had giant guns and stuff. I, thought they, I think they just had crossbows and stuff. No, I didn't see it. They had, so, like, I machine guns and stuff. Well, I don't know. I either. saw that in the. Tra- I didn't see the movie, but in the trailers they had, like, machine guns. Well, but, I
0: mean, even the, the films that were made in the 40s, like, weren't set in the 40s. You know, they were set in the 1800s and stuff, like Dracula. Right. Um, I don't
2: understand how this is any different than what Brendan Fraser did with The Mummy and that franchise. I mean, it's an action-adventure
1: movie, not really horror. No, but that's one example. We're talking about doing, like, Frankenstein and no, making it action-adventure. No, adventure. I
2: mean yeah. – well, Van Helsing as well. They have those, those characters that come what, out. I think it's going to follow
0: that. What
1: did you complete... think of
0: the the mummy? I like the first one. I didn't like any of the franchise. Really? No, because I I don't think I ever saw Van Helsing. I heard it was awful.
2: Yeah, Van Helsing's really bad. Um, I can't even remember who was who played him. Van it's uh, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Um, I just don't see anything that we unless they come out with something completely different where they're like. I don't, I don't know. They're they're really making them out to be these kind of superheroes in like present-day New York, L.A. type
0: stuff, which is going to kind of be weird. I, I don't know. have a problem with the effort, but what I have a problem with is the motivation because this is just like, hey, we've got these horror characters. They're public domain, and we have these iconic versions of them, so let's turn them into a superhero team like the Avengers <laughs> or whatever they want to call it. Now, I wouldn't Such- mind a
2: Monster Squad uh, reboot. That'd be, <laughs> that might be cool.
0: Yeah, monster Scott, So Scotty, long as the but... Wolfman has vulnerable nards, <laughs> then we're good. Uh, just this whole idea that everything is has to be some Avengers-style universe. Or like f-
1: yeah, I just... it's stupid. I this is a this is a stupid idea. The idea that I mean, it's one thing if you have characters who interact and are related with each other, and you're going to build a universe out of that. Like if you're gonna you know build towards the avengers or build towards the justice league or whatever but when you're taking separate properties that have nothing to do with each other and you're going to try to like create a universe out of it what's the point I don't
0: I don't think first of all that, first of all that they uh, are necessarily separate in people's heads I mean people just see those monsters
1: You think the creature from the black lagoon and the wolfman are Related. They used to date, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're, okay. Uh, they're I, couple. Yeah, Look, it's those movies
0: are old, and they're not present in the mind of people right now. Like you know, the Lon Chaney, Wolfman movie is not in people's uh, you know frame of reference. The frame of reference they have is all this junk piled together at Halloween. Mm-hmm. So you know, you see Dracula, and you see Frankenstein, you see a mummy, you know. Right immediately, I'm thinking of Count I, Chocula and but, Frankenberry. And, you know, it's all stuff that's that's just been mashed together. But
1: that's the, that's thematically though. I was talking about like existing properties that you can that you can that serve as a reference point. There's no, no but I, there's well, no like cartoon with the creature of the Black Lagoon just like hanging out and drinking a you know a beer with you know Frankenstein.
0: Well, okay, true, but that doesn't mean that that colloquially, I guess, that they haven't all been kind of smashed together in the same universe. I mean, you think of like if you think of all these monsters, I mean, immediately my mind goes to Halloween stuff or Scooby Doo,
1: because
0: it's all all that stuff has been in Scooby Doo, you know, you, at least a version of it.
1: You know what they've never done, at least to my knowledge, but would be a really good idea now that we're just like, you know, doing whatever, doing whatever. the hell we want <laughs> is to take <laughs> is to take serial characters, uh, like you know. You, you take, like, Tony the Tiger. The Trix Rabbit. The Trix Rabbit and, and have them, like, interact or have their origin story movies and then, and then <laughs> It'll build happen. a franchise out of it. It'll happen. It,
0: it bugs me when they take serial mascots and they change them, but in a way that's, that's just sort of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like Coco Puffs, the bird, Sunny mm-hmm. is his name, the cuckoo bird. Forever, when I was a kid, he wore a shirt. Yeah. Like a striped shirt. Donald Duck style. He wore a shirt, no pants. Uh-huh. And then five or six years ago, they rebooted him and he has the same basic face, the same basic look, but he doesn't wear any clothes at all. Oh. Well, that's for sex appeal. <laughs> and then Sex
1: sells, Jared. You and, should know that. And
0: then for a while with Cocoa Crispies, the chocolate version of Rice Krispies, they had a cartoon chimpanzee whose name was Cocoa. Of mm-hmm. course. Then for whatever reason they change it to a real chimp. So there's a real chimp on the box, like <laughs> smiling at you with his black and black and pink gums. Like, Ugh. <laughs> they're they're, like, all,
2: they're always changing those those characters though. Like, um, they make them. I mean, if they're 2D before, now they're some of them are 3D, which freaks me out. Especially like with somebody uh, like Mr. Clean. Have you seen him recently? Oh, yeah. He, yeah he's basically
0: like a like <laughs> a, like an avatar looking.
2: He's like a real yeah. Like yeah, he looks like a just a. He doesn't look quite as real, but yeah, exactly. He looks like he should like be having a drink in a leather bar or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but the point going back to the monsters is they all, at least in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's minds, they're all just mashed together anyway.
1: Remember the monster mash? mash?
0: (laughs) I heard it was a graveyard smash.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe they should do something else, like you know, we saw a movie come out about zombies like um Shaun of the dead so why not go the you know comedy route with something like dracula i mean dracula i mean there's been
1: a dracula sex comedy <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean what's his name leslie nielsen did one um oh yeah but then was... you know there was a f- Dra- the f- young frankenstein was you know i'd like to see something like that in present day why that uh... might be kind of funny well, I mean, if it was put in the right hands, I don't. the the, the list of the laundry list of directors that you spit out right now has 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 been uh, none too excited. So,
0: Alex Kurtzman is the only one confirmed, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, there was what? What was it? Uh, the Wolf? The, was that the Wolfman Was the second one that was supposed to be coming out?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't remember what you said. I never saw the.
1: <laughs> I, I closed the link already. Oh, I never <laughs> well, saw
0: the the. The Benicio Del Toro Wolfman. Was that any good? No.
2: I know it was a January. Remember that? That's the one got, they got pushed like at least five or six times. Oh, was, yeah. You know,
0: Who was the director on that? It was somebody who's had a decent career.
2: Yeah. I, um,
0: I want to I say Joe Johnston.
2: It might have been Joe Johnston, actually. Um, Joe Johnston, you're wonder. right.
0: Yeah, see, there we go. But that movie, I think that movie went through so many like changes and revisions
1: and Well, I think it was shot like 3 or 4 years before it even came out. Yeah, yeah. I think it was stuck in like developmental hell for a while. So, I uh, I don't have a
0: problem with them trying. I'm not confident in any kind of effort personally. Yeah, I me mean, neither. But whatever. We'll see what happens. I
1: could I literally could not care less about this franchise. If one, you want to even One call of the it movies that. is
2: going to be given to Paul W.S. Anderson and then
0: we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> was there has there been any good horror ish action movies in the last ten years? Horror ish action movies. I mean like Underworld movies? is is the only thing that comes to mind. And then the last and well I no, not good, but Resident the, Evil stuff. Yeah, that's they do a ton of those. And then uh
2: I'm see I think it's gonna fall in that. That yeah, that and realm. then
0: the last mummy was just awful.
2: Well nobody saw Dracula Untold here at this table, did they? No. No. I didn't either. I don't have... That's how excited I was about it?
0: I, I w- almost went to see it because I heard that it was supposed to be the start of this franchise. Yeah. Which I seriously doubt because nobody saw it. I mean, yeah. they maybe said that it was going to be, but now they'll...
1: Did they add any, like, uh, like post-credits tags or anything I like that? No to, I have no idea. I have no idea. To, like, you know...
0: Like, he found a bolt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like he what? found a piece of uh, toilet paper on his shoe. <laughs> Let's
0: go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, yeah. Hey, who's this? Ah, That's Butthole. I found him out in the alley a couple years ago. Why'd you name him Butthole? Oh, because of this. Oh, yeah. Good name. Totally fits. I like what you've done with the place. Nice cappuccino machine. Who's the astronaut? Oh, that's my roommate. Roommate? You got a new roommate? Well, I mean, I had to get somebody to pay your half of the rent while you were in the hospital.
2: How's it going, Ice Pick? Best day ever. Greatest day of my life, really.
0: Pick cooks up a rock candy that'll make you dizzy. Folks come from all over the city to buy it. It's burning my eyes. Mm. Must be Cajun style. Should we spoil it right now that uh, Ice Pick Bill Murray. is Bill Murray? Bill Murray cameo.
1: Not that you would ever know. You're not really spoiling anything. I think it's already out of the bag with other outlets.
0: (laughs) All right. 20 years since their first adventure, Lloyd and Harry go on a road trip to find Harry's newly discovered daughter who was given up for adoption. So we all three saw this. Why does it
2: Cody start since he liked it so much? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Let's go, Cody. What'd you think?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, if anyone has read my review at cinesnob.net, I gave this movie an F.
0: Well, okay. Let's first of all. Yes. Are you a fan of the original Dumb and Dumber?
1: Yes, I am. Okay, I am. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I guess two days before I saw, it. we went. On, we all went to see this. Yeah. It's sort of, it's sort of shocking how unfunny this movie is. I I didn't. For I mean, for the record, I didn't laugh once during it. And Kiko was sitting next to me and can <laughs> attest to that. I, I take that back. Kiko and I laughed a couple of times because we looked at each other like, "Holy shit, this is so bad." And uh, I
2: think I was laughing more at the fact that you weren't laughing at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that's why the person on on the other side of me was laughing because he would look at me and look at my facial expression, which just was not changing. Um, I laughed a couple of times, I'll admit. Yeah. I don't
0: remember at what, but
1: this is it, it, it's uh this movie is is so terribly made first and foremost. Um the sets look like sets. Uh they're in like Jeff Daniels in particular is in a really bad wig and uh and he's he's got a lot more face now. Yeah. He looks really old. Yeah, he does. He looks terrible and you know the the <laughs> thing the thing about this movie is that um I think the first Dumb and Dumber, it's not you know, it's not really highbrow comedy, but there is some subtlety to what? it. <laughs> there is some subtlety to it. There is you know, a lot of the lines where they are acting dumb or saying dumb things are are not necessarily telegraphed. They're 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 subtle. I mean, I think that, like you know, the we landed on the moon thing, the big gulps thing, the uh. uh you know the our pets heads are falling. I mean, it's just stuff that's that's delivered in sort of, uh, a, a you, you know not to where you can see the joke coming from a mile away. There's
2: a there's comedic timing. I think there's comedic that's, timing that yes. works really well in the first one. I'm a big fan of the first one. too. I,
1: you I, know what? Yeah. I was never a fan.
0: I watched yeah. it the, when I watched it because I was a big fan of the. You know, everybody was watching the Jim Carrey movies back then. Yeah, because this was the third, I think, after uh, the Mask. Release-wise, that yeah, was, this it was huge. it was it was yeah, it was and that this was the first Farley trailer. Brothers movie. Yeah, but it was I just was I wasn't a fan of it back then, and mm-hmm. I rewatched it for the first time in probably twenty years last week, and I just I it I mean there are some f- funny moments, but overall I was just left I was indifferent.
1: Yeah, well, what I was getting at is is that every single joke in this movie is easy. <laughs> every single joke is seen a mile away. It's easy. It's a bad pun. It's uh it's either a bad pun, a really terrible example of being dumb, um, that's, that's like I said easy, or it's uh, potty humor, which again doesn't, and and I think that the the juvenile potty humor from the first movie is the weakest element of it. I don't, I, you know, I rewatching it. I didn't find any of that funny. You mean the literal potty humor where he's, saying, <laughs> where he's having diarrhea? Yeah.
2: I don't think anybody had done
1: that before though.
2: Or something. Oh, it was saying. groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. It was groundbreaking. Well, that,
0: that's, there's a lot to be said for that. Cause the Farley brothers kind of traded in that for a while. And then that fell out of favor. Yeah. Like, cause they, cause again, they've been out of the game really as, as innovators of comedy oh, for, for the last a decade, at least. least.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a situation where, and even like the story is is, is so bad and it's it serves no purpose and and it's, this is just such an unfunny, stupid, uh, and 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 it doesn't really capture the essence of any of the first one and it's and it's shocking. I wrote in my review that for something that calls back on a bunch of references, it doesn't evoke the original at all. There's no nostalgia to it. It's sort of just like two guys who, you know, I, I again. It's almost embarrassing to watch them act like children, and they're in their fifties. It's just, it's it seems desperate and sad to me for the most part, and I just thought it was awful.
2: When I found out about this movie, I have to admit I was a little excited to see them get back together. But I, I would do that with any you know old f- franchise. I think just at least at the beginning, you know. I mean, like it's, if Ghostbusters
0: came back together, or if it's never worked out though, like it's never ever worked out I mean, critically or or. I mean, financially, yeah, sure. But, I mean, nobody's ever been satisfied with these 20 years after the fact, 15 years after the fact.
2: Right. Um, I mean, and I think that's probably the only part of the movie that I did like was the setup of how it it took 20 years to get made, which is the opening sequence, which is what we've seen in the trailers before. I think uh, that was kind of stupid, but at the same time, it worked um, in a weird way. Um, But, yeah, I just – I agree with Cody. They they go back to – you know. The Same kind of jokes, uh, they, they rehash some of the same from the original, they don't hit on the same level at all, um, or any level. <laughs> and there's some really mean spirited humor in this as well that I thought, uh, that's another thing didn't work, which you, you didn't see any of that in the first one. That's, I mean, those like you know, they make that one dude eat hot peppers
0: and you know, fall over. You don't over. think the blind giving the blind kid a dead bird that's, is mean spirited? That's the
1: one thing, but one thing I was noticing was the characters. <laughs> I also thought that they were a lot mean, more mean-spirited than they were in the think, first one. I think
0: uh, uh, Jim Carrey is definitely Yeah, meaner. Jim Carrey for sure.
2: But there's that one scene where uh, – and I'll spoil it for people. It doesn't matter. But uh, he, I guess he's thinking about if he in, – in, in the future if he had a daughter. Yeah. And the daughter comes up to him and s- started her period. Yeah. Like – that, that just was not funny I mean it, And what happens is He, he takes he's, a wine cork He gives her a wine cork And it's not funny I mean I just it, People were sitting there It's a there little
1: just funny
2: like, It's a little funny I don't know I just think that it was something that
0: didn't it's, it, it's 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 a fairly brothers Like crude humor thing Maybe it's just not funny anymore I don't know I didn't mind the joke Personally mm. I mean it's It's pretty tasteless I guess, I guess it's
2: tasteless. I guess that's better, a better word for it. But, I mean, at the same time, they've been tasteless before. I mean, you look, at something like – or everything that they've done. I mean, even in – Something so, about Mary was probably the most tasteless
0: joke they've had.
2: Right, right. Thus far. That's true. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why it just didn't work here. Um, there was, I, I think it all led up to
0: <laughs> – th- Maybe by that time, the movie had already lost you. I mean, because that's pretty deep into the
2: – True. The and, again, all the, all the humor comes from puns. And uh, as a big – proponent of puns, Cody. I was surprised (laughs) that you didn't.
1: (laughs) Look, I am I am what one might call a pun enthusiast. (laughs) You're pundant. Yeah. Get thee to a punnery. (laughs) Yeah. And I oh my god, it was just like excruciating. You know, it reminded me of like a bad Saturday night live sketch. Like it felt like like slipping into costumes and trying to like you know, evoke something else that wasn't there. It was like watching a comedy without a laugh track almost. Like that's that's sort of how I felt.
0: I didn't hate it as much as you guys, but I just don't care. I mean, I, I was not a fan of the first one. I, I'm I'm pretty much on the same level with this one. Like I don't, I
1: don't hate it, but I don't. I didn't really like it either. But I, I don't have a problem with it. Did I, you feel like there was any sort of connection to the first one, as far as the humor or anything else?
2: Um, it sounds like it feels like they just all lumped together for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's because uh, I felt no connection at
0: all. I liked the. I mean the first one is is really 90s. Yeah. You can feel it. Um you know especially with like uh, like Lauren Holly and Karen Duffy in the film. Uh <laughs> who's I looked at Karen Duffy I was like holy shit where is she, what happened to her? She used to be on MTV. She was hot <laughs> back in the day. She's a terrible actress though. She was awful in that movie but uh the like even the little touches were missing like the the funny credits. You remember the first film has like like the credits are yeah. produced by, and it's all written, <laughs> written phonetically. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that wasn't there. I, I liked that that they just went right back to the same shitty apartment with the board up see, door. I,
2: I like that. I thought that that was cool. Um, but other than that being nostalgia, I mean, they brought back the kid who they – the bird that they – The blind gave, kid. The blind kid. Um, they found him somewhere. They, if you stay for the post-credits, you'll see another, another um, throwback character which i wish it would have given they would have given some more time to that would have been kind of cool but i think overall like this the story just was i mean they go back there they're, they're sa- same as the first one they they go on a road trip to find yeah. somebody and give them something and it's just you know just not creative whatsoever yeah um and you can see the twist a mile away i even turned to cody and i told him what's gonna happen he's like yep that's what's gonna happen and this was like 45 minutes before it happens and yeah. i mean if you've seen the first one and you know what characters are in the second one, you have to know the twist or the, maybe not the twist, but you have to know where they're going with the storyline. Yeah. And so, I mean,
1: and also none of the, none of the actors that are added into the, into the film or like Rob Riggle does oh, nothing. Man, Rob Riggle was terrible in this. I thought Rob
0: Riggle was really bad Yeah, because he's just playing that, you know, he doesn't he I don't like Rob Riggle playing the straight man. Yeah, neither do I. And he plays two parts in this movie. He plays yeah. himself and his twin brother for some reason.
1: But there's a scene where he's virtually playing the part of the in the first movie of the guy who's stuck with the two guys, right, exactly. I mean trying to trying to kill them. Like it's it's like the same exact And it ends
0: up the same, having, suffering the same fate. Yes. You know. Yeah. yeah. No. I. It's totally just a rehash. And I. I mean, you could. I look at it like, oh, this is
1: exactly the same movie. Yeah. And, you well, could. Well, and what's the point? I mean. It, and not only that, but it took six credited screenwriters to put this movie together. But you know what? I mean,
0: that's just one of those things when this when something languishes so long for yeah. twenty years, and you know people get huge, and
2: yeah, I think you have to look at that though.
0: But uh, who? I don't know the the story behind the script, but having six credited screenwriters doesn't mean that there were six guys sitting around a table working on it. It means that this passed through six people that
1: well, I know that
0: got arbitrated credit. I, right?
1: I know that you know we had you know partially the there was the the writing team of of Sean Anders and um, who is the guy that he's known for working with? uh, uh, uh damn it. I don't know what. You're it, about. Well, it's Sean Anders and John Morris who have done like Sex Drive and We're the Millers and Hot Tub Time Machine, and um, Only, like, she's no, out of no, my league. Movies. They they wrote they their partners on all those movies, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know they were I'm willing they did work on this one,
0: but I mean just by saying six credited screenwriters doesn't mean that there's like I'm saying there's not. Well, it doesn't six... mean that there isn't. Well, but I don't know the story. Well, I don't know if
2: it's it's. I think it's the same thing if they're all sitting at the, around the table at the same time or if it went through their fingers sometime in, pro- in the process. I mean, it's still. It still had to
1: pass through six people who thought that these jokes were funny. So, I mean.
2: <laughs> well, I, I just think it's crazy that they went so, you know, um, they just went so um, Janet Lee on this script. I mean, it's just. What? Janet Lee. What do you mean? Janet Lee's that brand, the.
0: Are you talking? Oh, you're talking about the old Albertson's store brand. <laughs>
1: yeah. Jesus uh, Christ, man. <laughs> so generic. Nobody's gonna know what generic, you're yeah, about. That's what I meant. Yeah, I,
2: just, <laughs> I just said Janet Lee. I don't know why. <laughs> wow.
0: I only knew that because I worked at Albertson's. They don't do Janet Lee anymore. I don't know. Albertson's is gone. Oh shit! I thought Janet Lee was From just here. like a universal thing. No. Oh. Every every store has its own store brand.
2: Well, I know that. But anyway, uh, oh, Ge- was- I should have said generic then. Okay. I mean, yeah. why why do you go with a generic script like this? I mean, I don't know. If, if you have like the, you know, the characters, you should be able to come up with something. I don't even care if he brought back, um, what's his name, Seabass and, you know, tied him into the script completely. I don't know. There's just so many different options you could have done with this story, but to just write remember- it along
1: in the same route I mean it just doesn't work I remember there were at least four or five times where I where a joke would happen or a scene would happen that would take up time and I was like I can't believe that someone thought of this and then put it in a movie <laughs> like I like I wrote about in my review the funnel nuts scene like what the hell how is how is that Okay funny? that's not I don't I don't I'm not going
0: to follow you down that road cuz that's just <laughs> It's just dumb shit in the movie. Yeah, I mean,
1: and pouring a slushy down someone's pants as a like—it's just like. Well, the thing. end
0: of that scene wasn't great, but but I mean, <laughs> distracting these morons with a game called Funnel Nuts, I thought was funny. I mean, funny enough. I mean, I don't not laughing my ass off at it, but I I think that that there's it's just lazy to me this movie. It's not so much bad as it is just like there's no effort put into to to most of it. You know, the the main driving plot that they're doing the exact same fucking thing, traveling across country on a weird, in some sort of weird vehicle.
1: Like there were, there were a couple jokes where I felt like, okay, this was almost funny. Like I think uh, driving, uh, like having the envelope and driving to, uh, driving to the address instead of the return address from the envelope. That was envelope. funny. I thought that that was a funny concept. <laughs> I don't really know. Actually, I thought that part was funny, and then which it, is why I didn't.
2: Give it an F, but you know.
1: <laughs> and then there was a scene of Jim Carrey eating a hot dog. Uh, that was funny. Which was, you know, amusing. I just don't I mean, I
0: didn't again, I don't hate it. I just I'm indifferent to it.
2: I just think it was uninspired all the way around. I mean so, s-
0: I, I think this movie is hot garbage. All right, so let's let's finish this off. Kiko, you want us to start giving grades, so
2: Oh I'm giving this a D minus. It's 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 a gentleman's F. Because I think I chuckled a couple of times.
0: I give it, it Yeah. Go ahead. I give it a D because I just don't care. I mean <laughs> that's still
2: pretty low though. For some of you that for somebody I mean, that I, doesn't I don't ha- I don't
0: have a I don't have any
1: skin in the game, so I don't really I don't really care. I give this a hard F. Wow. This is this is You're uh, angry at this movie. I hate it. Well it's because it's it's the promise of something after waiting for twenty years and then they deliver oh, you see? like a big steaming turd. Is this, in this the first
0: movie. time you've experienced it? Is this the first thing that's that's come back after so long for you?
1: Uh, probably. I mean, this is probably the greatest length between sequels God, cause that I've here, seen. Because
0: we're here with like uh, Star Wars and and uh, Indiana
1: Jones and yeah, yeah. Those those don't really impact me, but and and this doesn't impact me either. It's not like I'm like hurt and let down by it. I mean, it's it's a it's a dumb comedy from 20 years ago. But...
0: Will Will anything ever work like this? Is there is there anything that's that's going to be if there's is there any movie that like oh 20 years later we're going to make a sequel and it's going to be great or people are going to be satisfied with like it
2: like a real sequel sequel
0: yeah i don't know i I, mean, I don't know i just can't foresee anything
2: it's hard to say because i mean the word sequel is so different now i mean people call star trek the reboot you know and
0: it's technically a prequel
1: right exactly well the so. thing i think the thing that hurts it is that this movie's going to make a ton of money and it's just only going to make people think that it's okay to keep doing this, and and it's just I mean, well they did uh, they did um like I hate the idea that Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels will be rewarded for this hunk of garbage. They
2: did promise us uh, another one in uh, twenty years at the end of these yeah. at the end of this movie. So come back when they're seventy.
1: Dumb and number Four. And let's remember, Jeff Daniels is coming off of an Emmy win, and he had to do this shit. You
0: know what? Fuck that show. By the <laughs> that way, that show's terrible. Don't, I don't even want to talk about the newsroom Because fuck that show if you, want to, <laughs> if you want to talk about how Nightcrawler is not about real news <laughs> yeah. You want to look at the newsroom Alright, enough of this Let's move on to the next movie, Whiplash
1: Ready? Okay Five, six, and Dragging just a hair
0: Wait for my cue Five, six, seven Rushing. 5, six, ten. Dragging. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman?
2: I I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo?
0: Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four! Damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? I don't know. Count again. One two three. One two three. One two three. Four. Russian or dragging? Russian. So you do know the difference! A promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. I don't know that that's necessarily an accurate summary, but, uh... I want
2: to slap you like that.
0: We all saw this. Kiko, why don't you start?
2: You read that too fast, Jared. Could you start again? I was rushing. <laughs> you are rushing it. I, I, I really like this movie. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons uh, is getting a lot of uh, accolades for his portrayal of this really um, hard-nosed um, uh, hard nosed music teacher at this uh, prestigious conservatory, um, and, he, and he deserves it. I think that uh, a lot of uh, what he does is really uh, powerful on screen. I believe that some of the scenes go overboard a little bit um, with yeah. him, Um I think it's a little bit unrealistic that somebody would actually um, be out there that would be able to get away with something like this at a at a college that, that's, without.
0: That's my my one problem with the movie is this guy is a psycho.
2: <laughs> without anybody saying anything, yeah. um, where I think we're in this day and age where students, especially young people, aren't going to keep quiet, especially you know college age students who are paying money to go to a school like this they're going to keep quiet or not even at, at least take out their cell phone and put it on youtube what yeah. this guys doing or something like that um so that's my that was my big problem with this but it wasn't enough for me to like completely uh, dismiss the film at all i think uh, uh simmons was is, is really fantastic in this he'll probably get an oscar nomination and but so is miles teller i think that uh he does a great job in 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 uh, keeping up with uh, Simmons and his craziness, uh, he plays this really naive kid at the beginning, and I liked liked the way that he was able to grow through the film. Um, The only weak spot that I saw in his story was the relationship that he had with the female character, his girlfriend, uh, who he doesn't have time to um, spend with because uh, his music career is getting in the way. I didn't think that that was fleshed out uh, enough at all. Um, so there's that. But um, overall, I think when the two are on the screen at the same time, um, it's really, uh, r- really hard hitting. The music's great. Um, uh, it's just nice to see uh, s- a story that's at least a little bit uh, unique in terms of you know student-teacher relationship. And just uh, from a personal note, I've actually had a band uh, instructor that was like uh, really? J.K. Simmons. Uh,
0: like that bad?
2: Um, yeah. Really? Yeah, in my freshman year of uh, high school. Um, He would throw shit uh, across the room if we messed up and be really angry. But he had still, still I don't know. He, uh, he was my band director in high school for one year, my freshman year. And picture me, you know, 115 pound, little scared kid uh, with a trumpet in his hands (laughs) and a a chair flies over your head. Um, Yeah. He got, he would get that angry uh, if people messed up. And so uh, see that another thing is back in the the late nineties, um, and in high school, nobody really said anything at that point. So maybe it happens. I don't know. I I, I could kind of uh, uh, identify with that character, though, bec- and how kind of scared you are at that point when yeah. somebody th- that's uh, supposed to be, you know, your teacher kind of um, abusing Is... you in that way. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but I liked it. I thought, I thought it was a really, uh, really par- powerful film. I thought J.K. Simmons was fantastic in this.
0: Cody. Uh
1: I I agree with with a lot of what Kiko said. Um I, I think that JK Simmons is uh is at its is at his best when he's, you know, really driving home the intensity of this. And he's you know, he 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 I, I haven't really seen JK Simmons in this type of role before where he's just playing like an unrelenting prick. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, uh you, you know, you've seen him sarcastic and stuff. I mean, like you've seen him in like the Spider-Man movies yeah. where he's you know uh where he's kind of like smarmy and stuff but you've
2: seen him play dad of yeah. course
1: uh i but i think this is a really great turn for him uh for the most part i think miles Teller's really good in this too and, and might even i might even prefer miles teller's per overall performance to jk simmons i don't i don't know but um uh i think that i, I this movie suffers from two main issues for me the first one is um I think that the movie feels like a first film. This is a debut film from this filmmaker. And I I I hate using the word amateurish because I think that has a really negative connotation, but I think it's a little bit true. Uh I I don't like a lot of the uh the, like the edits or the way it's put together. Um there's some camera work during a a couple like drum solos and stuff that kind of just like pans back and forth really quick to different drums that he's I don't I don't like that at all. Even though I know Whiplash, he's moving whatever. Um, the second thing, and this is where <coughs> I know Kiko and I differ on uh, on this. I don't know how Jared you feel about it. I feel like J.K. Simmons' character was one dimensional, and I, I I I think that um, I don't think that there's any depth to his character, and I think that we just see him being an asshole, and and that's sort of like the one thing. I-
0: yeah, I agree with you on that point to an extent. Um, you don't really get any humanity out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see like a touch of something, uh, something happens in the film, but then it turns out that's not true, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think there's fake sentiment, um, I, but I think it was enough. Personally, I thought it was enough to show that he did have another side, even if it wasn't true. Because um, there was that scene where he says some bad news that he... He found out about which he cries. You know, which yeah. maybe isn't very fake, but I think he's really uh, genuinely sad about that. And then there's a scene where he uh, meets, a f- I guess, a former student's daughter. Yeah. Which and, and I know they're very small scenes, and but it the, shouldn't really be. But, in- but the
1: scene where he cries is, I mean, it's not. He's lying. Right. There too, but. Right, but I mean, he's
2: still crying. Do you think he's faking the tears? I don't think
1: he's faking well, the well, tears. Well, no, but I just don't think that's enough to show. I don't. To me, and, that's not humanity. But, but in then him. then the end, the final
0: scene comes with a turn yeah. that I was like, come on. Yeah. It, it irritated me because, like, it just. It repainted this guy as a villain after we had already kind of seen touches of humanity creeping in. And I
2: think, but I think that's the reason I like those small touches because you kind of okay he might be and then once he snaps again you're just like shit I mean that, that's
1: but I think i I still don't think that that changes the fact that there's just one facet to this guy there's one dimension to it and I think that they could have uh I, I just I, I don't know i I just feel like there was I, I wish there was more depth to that character I, I thought wish there was something more to I it. like
0: him like I said I thought the turn like the the last turn at the end that you see I thought that was too much so that was just one step too far for me
2: that he went back to being the way he was yeah he went See, but that's the. I mean, you needed that though at the end. Uh, oh wait, wait. So, because you can't, you don't really, you can't really tell where he's at uh, in terms of personality at the end. I guess he goes back and forth. Right.
0: So you wanted him to stay. Um. No, I didn't. I didn't. We're, we're talking around a spoiler here, but I, I didn't want. I didn't want. Like the last sort of like like. I I get what you're saying that it's it's integral to the end of the film, but I just felt it 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 just ruined any kind of humanity the guy had Mm. that that had been established in scenes right before that. See, I I would
2: I would argue that he went even flipped back again at the end um, because you don't really know where it kind of ends. I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe he you you have no idea when that song ends, what happens to the two characters. That
0: again, like uh, Cody was saying, that does feel like a first. Feature sort of thing.
2: Where you I, get I, I can this. agree with that. There's some there's some directorial ch- choices that are kind of off, but um, I think
1: it gets a little repetitive too. With the like the blood on the drum, like the yeah. like the blood imagery and stuff like that. I think that's a little repetitive.
2: The 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 bloody fingers didn't bother me. The the splatters of blood on the drum and the close ups of those things. Well, and that's like the
1: close ups on like his ear that's sweating and like oh, and see, that's I another. I don't like that stuff. I think that's an, first director. That's another indulgence. thing
0: that uh, something happens in the film that like turns to the third act. Yes. That was just so. That was over the top. Over the top. That was too much. Yeah. That was too much. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's like, wait a minute. Come on. Come on. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think that there, there are just some touches to this movie that, uh, that keep it from being really good. And I think that, and like I said, it's a lot of choices that I think are just, you know, the possibly an inexperienced filmmaker. Uh, not quite making the right choices. Um, I, I think that it's overall a good movie, and I think that you know great performances. The music's fantastic. Um, like like Hiko said, the 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 relationship storyline is not fleshed out. It's probably the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. Um,
2: and that's too bad too because I I really wanted to see, you know. I, I mean, I understand how important and how passionate it is. He, he's about. How passionate he is about the music and his career, but at the same time, I don't see how it's affecting anybody else. Um I like
0: Paul Reiser's character. Paul, Reiser's he kind of was, Paul Reiser,
2: who we really don't see in movies anymore, he he uh he does well here as the as the father of the student.
0: And I th- I think the the relationship kind of served as shorthand to show you how much time was passing, mm-hmm. and because I, I didn't really feel the passage of time elsewhere, right? Uh You know, just all of a sudden, hey, we've been dating a month and this happened.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And um, there's that one scene as well that I really liked was the the um, dinner scene with his family. Yeah, and they're talking about you know they really don't take what he does seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they they're like praising their other nephews. I guess they were maybe I don't know. If they're his brothers.
0: I think they were his cousins. cousins his cousins, yeah. right?
2: They're praising his cousins for you know playing
0: Division three Division football, three
2: football yeah. <laughs> when he in fact is going to the most prestigious music school in the country which is another thing that i wish they had gone into a little bit more is the fact that you know what it what what it's like to be uh considered the best at what you do i think it's uh it's a theme that wasn't really handled perfectly in this i think there's a little touches that that worked but you know the idea that you know this guy is wants to be one of the greatest drummers he has ambitions i mean these aren't just like i want to get a you know you know, I want, to, I want to get a cool get a, gig at a bar on the weekends. Uh, you know, he won't know he wants to be like the next uh, amazing, you know,
0: yeah,
1: uh,
2: world. Charlie
0: Bird Parker. And- yeah,
2: he wants to be uh, a, a, an acclaimed jazz percussionist. And he wants to be remembered after he dies. And he wants people to talk about him. So um, the idea that he's the best at what he does, I, I like that idea. But I don't think that he, they really uh, they follow through with it at all. So, yeah.
0: okay. Grades.
2: Um. I, I again. I really liked it a
1: lot. Um. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a B plus.
0: I think it's a B for me. It's a solid B.
1: I'm at a B too. I think that. I think that. Um. Obviously, you have this like searing performance from J K Simmons, um. Who in his best scenes is so intense and so. Uh, so frightening, um, but I think that you have a sort of one dimensional element to everything that's kind of going on that sort of keeps it from you know really excelling so okay
0: let's go and move on to our next review Rosewater (laughs) sir you're making a big mistake I am a
1: journalist that's it nothing more just a journalist yes
0: as a spy I'm just trying to figure out why your country is so terrifying the first thing to know about Iran is that it is not even Americans and Iranians have a lot of things in common more than they have differences (laughs) what do I have in common with you
1: So can you tell me why just a journalist
0: met up with this American spy on the evil unrest? He's not a spy. He's not a spy? He's not a spy. No, it's a show. It's a show? A comedy show. It's it's stupid. It's It's very stupid, yes. He's a comedian pretending to be a spy. So
1: can you tell me why American pretending to be a spy had chosen
0: to interview you? And why would a real spy have a TV show? Iranian-Canadian journalist Mazir Bahari is detained by Iranian forces who brutally interrogate him under suspicion that he is a spy. All right, I didn't see this movie, but both of you did. So who wants to start? I'll start. Okay.
1: Uh, so... <laughs> you all are so nice to each other. Please, <laughs> sir, may I start? <laughs> so everyone knows this as being uh, the directorial debut of Jon Stewart, host of The Daily Show. And obviously... Uh, well, maybe not obviously, but uh, The Daily Show actually plays a giant role in this story. Um, you know, basically, what happened was this journalist um did an interview, a field piece with Jason Jones from The Daily Show, and uh, the Iranian government saw it and thought that he was working with a U.S. spy and that he was spying on uh Iran with uh in giving information to the U.S um
2: and just so you know jason jones does he he appears in the movie but yeah but he's a he's a comedian so he this was like yeah, he's a supposed daily, to be he's a daily show correspondent so it's supposed to be funny yeah what he's doing with this like all the other interviews that they do on the daily show
1: yeah uh so uh so this is like i said john stewart uh took a hiatus to direct this movie um and uh yeah, uh I think that the best part of this movie is a performance by Gail um Gael Garcia Bernal. That's his name, right?
2: Yes, Cody. I I didn't I didn't know if I had
1: the right to uh You're Hispanic last names. Yeah. Gail Garcia Bernal. <laughs> Gael, uh you know, it's weird because you have this Mexican actor playing an Iranian, and I think he pulls it off. I think he's I think he's really good in this. Um uh I think that uh, the ma- the main issue f- f- about Rosewater is that it's a little. It, there's a stretch in somewhere in the middle of the movie where it gets a little dull. I think it starts off good, and I think it ends good, and I think there's a stretch in the middle where it's dull. Um, the interrogation scenes, the dull uh, part, uh, what <laughs> the interrogation scenes? They are a little bit dull. Um, not in. I mean, it's obviously a guy's life story, but not a lot happens in them. Well,
2: I mean, I agree. I think that the middle section was completely dull. I was, you know, I, I wasn't interested at in, at all what was happening to him while he was being held uh, prisoner in this uh, place. Um, just because, I, I mean, I maybe he wasn't in danger at all during that time, but I didn't feel any consequences yeah. happening at yeah. all, or, or any any kind of mind, um, like a meeting of the minds between him and his interrogator. I didn't feel any of that, or uh, and I think that that's exactly what this movie needed to be about uh which which is this bahari uh journalist, um kind of matching wits matching ideals uh with this one um guy i can't remember his name but the interrogator the iranian t- interrogator that thinks he's a spy so i think that was a big portion of the film that was missing um i didn't feel like he wasn't any danger i didn't feel like he i mean maybe it's because i know how the movie or the real story ends but i didn't think that he was not not going to get out of this situation at all. So
1: um, that's where that's where I was with that part. I sort of think that there there were some touches, too, that that I didn't love. I didn't think the imagination of his father, the who halluc- was that it was a hallucination or imagination, mm-hmm. seeing his father, who was also imprisoned, prison, um, and he talks to him, has conversations. I didn't think that that was very interesting. Right. Um, but I really like the development of the story. Um you know it gives you an, a little bit of an insight to like the the Iranian elections and how um you know how people there believe it to believe them to be rigged and and it's and it's uh you know he's a journalist trying to cover that and i think that you know from that perspective it was good i think that um there's sort of a comedic turn that it takes in the final act mm-hmm. um with his interrogator um when he's trying to sort of get out of everything uh he sort of plays into his interrogators uh how would you word it uh sexual curiosity mm-hmm. and i and i thought those scenes are really funny and i think that uh you know it, it's a delicate issue to go into you know a comedic tone in an, a movie about a guy who's being interrogated and uh, he's never he's never really tortured that bad um <laughs> that bad you know. yeah. but he's never really tortured at all really yeah. he's you know slapped around a couple times but um but I think that it's a it's a bold move to... to uh, J.K.
2: Simmons was meaner than his interrogator. <laughs> that, that's actually kind of true. <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's a bold move to go comedic, and I think it works. And I think that that was sort of when the movie gathered a little bit of steam for me again. And um, th- the connection with Rosewater, you know, if you read the synopsis of this or read the synopsis of the book, it's about a guy who was only able to identify his, uh, his interrogator by uh, the smell of rosewater that's sort of what people say. Now, first of all, he sees his interrogator. He's blindfolded. You'll see him blindfolded in commercials. He sees him and interacts with them. And second, other than an opening scene, there's no real callback to Rosewater other than seeing the guy spray it a couple times, but there's no real connection and I don't really get the thematic idea behind that.
2: I didn't either. The, well, my favorite parts of this were um, you know, the election part and him going into the streets and talking to people. Yeah. So when he's Being a journalist, I thought that was really interesting, and I like the idea that you know we're in a uh, an age where um, new media and uh, social media is becoming a very powerful tool for countries like this and people who are trying to make changes in their uh, their government, make changes in their country. So I really think that that part of the film was really interesting, and how they bring that uh, you know to the story. But again, such a big part of this
1: movie is him, you know, being held. Yeah, and none of that worked at all for me. I think that I think that it partially worked. I don't. I I didn't think that it was as as ineffective as you did. Um, I think it's the weakest part of the movie, but I think that there's some good stuff in there. Um, and I think you know it's it's interesting to look at as Jon Stewart as a filmmaker because I think that uh, I think visually the movie looks pretty good. I think that it's 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 sort of I I, I sort of wonder if it was the screenplay that kind of got him. A little bit that that was mm-hmm. well, he did, uh, he did develop it himself, right? Yeah. Adapted
2: himself. It could have been. I, I I think like we were talking about, um, you know, for directorial debut of the guy from um, from Whiplash. He had some, you know, first time uh, mistakes here as well, um, John Stewart. But I I don't know. I'd like to see him s- stick with it and see what happens if he does anything else. I'm not sure he would. I think he'd have to be pretty close to the
1: yeah to the. I mean, this was or- a very special circumstance because yeah. he was you know directly involved in this right right um but i mean uh you know you know at the very least this movie gives us you know last week tonight with john oliver because you know it because <laughs> you know when john stewart went off to shoot this movie that's when john oliver hosted the daily show which was uh which was what you know gave him the hbo show so well that, so at thank that you. came thank out thank you
0: rosewater yeah i wonder if uh if John Stewart will continue down this path of directing and like being because he's he's kind of transitioned it seems to me whether he likes to admit it or not into serious mode,
2: yeah, oh, well, you know what i I mean that's one of the things that i um criticize him for is when he Calls back to his comedic roots. Yeah, we. I think and, we talked about this. I hate that. And saying that, well, this is just a comedy show. It's yeah. not. It's not a comedy show. And I think he's kind of backed off from that in maybe recent years. I, I don't know. I haven't
0: as, watched... I don't really watch a show anymore. As much
2: as he has before. But I, I didn't like when he used that as, a, as an excuse to, you know, not be a viable source of
0: news or, for you know, or, or a guy that just says important stuff. Like, you know, this film is obviously meant to be an important story. Whether or not he su- succeeds, I don't know because I haven't seen it. But, you know... To, to fall back on, like, well, I'm just a comedian telling jokes,
2: right? He couldn't use it here because I mean, that, that was the whole reason to make this movie is to, you know, make a good movie about an important issue that happened a few years ago. So, um, again, I think it's a, a, I think it's an ambitious move from him. I think that, uh, he needs a little help on the script next time. Um, but he's a, he's a, he's a unique voice in, in, in at least, uh, uh pop culture. And if you want to give him, the accolades for his newsworthiness as well. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, John Stewart is somebody that we should look out for, or maybe Stephen Colbert. He 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 might get a shot at this as well.
0: <laughs> I
1: think he's going to be too busy coming well, out. Soon. That's true. What are your grades?
2: I'm giving this a, a C. A C. So is that a recommended C? Or mm, no? It's not. It's not a recommended C. You have to be a B minus at least to get a recommend, recommendation. Oh, yeah, we should probably
0: put some uh, some parameters on that. Yeah. What's recommended? B minus. What and about and you, Cody? I know your grades are different.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I, I, we all stick by that sort of code, um, oh, do we? of, of B minus is a recommendation. C oh, wait,
2: was C. your dumb and dumber D a recommendation? Sorry. No, I, didn't. <laughs>
0: no, I just want to make sure we're all
1: yeah, I, That's sort of the agreed upon thing is that B minus and C plus is the threshold between recommending and not recommending. Okay. You want to write that down? <laughs> just for I'll remember future. it. Uh, I'm giving this a B minus, um, that means you recommend it. I do recommend it. <laughs> I think yeah, good. You're catching Thank on. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that there's enough good here. And again, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal's performance is 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 very solid. And um, and I think that there's just enough in this movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that it's uh, I think that it has a lot of issues, but I don't think it's a bad movie. And um, I think it's definitely uh, worth checking out.
0: All right, let's go and move into our last review, Saving Christmas. Everything you see inside there, it's all about Christmas. It's all about Jesus. And you're spoiling the whole thing. Not just for your wife. But for everybody inside your house. You're listening to the wrong people.
2: Are we seeing the same party? Are we seeing the same everything that's going on in there? Yeah. Okay, so what? Okay, so. Explain to me how when I walk into that Christmas party, which is going on all over the world. Mm -hmm. Explain to me how that Christmas party honors and glorifies (laughs)
0: Jesus, <laughs> I should have called this Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, because that's really what it is.
2: God damn it, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Kirk is enjoying the annual Christmas party extravaganza thrown by his sister until he realizes he needs to help out Christian, his brother-in-law, who has a bad case of the ba humbugs. Now, uh, Kiko, you and I saw this movie. Cody, you didn't. Kiko, you actually got to talk to Kirk Cameron about this. Cody movie. was
2: scared he was going to get converted if he saw this movie. That's probably what happened. <laughs> I don't, yeah, don't I... like Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got a
2: chance to talk to Kirk, Kirk, Kirko himself,
0: and he was very evasive.
2: Um, you know, I mean, I only had eight minutes on the phone with him. I wanted to kind of try to challenge some of his views, but um, eight minutes in heaven. We teased exactly. this last week, and uh, I didn't really get a chance to. I mean, all he he would always bring it back to this, the movie. So if I asked him something about you know another topic, he would. Pull it back to saving Christmas, which is you know one of those marketing things where right. I'm sure his publicist is like, whatever they ask you, same sex marriage, you know you don't believe in this, are you? You know, you you think, uh, you know, you're friends with the Duck Dynasty people? Uh, bring it back to the Saving Christmas movie. So I think he, I think he's a great um, car salesman, um, <laughs> Kirk Cameron. Uh, he could sell a car to anybody. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to ask him everything that I wanted to. Uh, we talked mostly about Saving Christmas, um, which kind of disappointed me. It wasn't—I didn't really feel like it was a strong interview mm-hmm. on my part, just because I couldn't get my questions in or, or come up with follow-ups that would allow me to ask him more hard-hitting stuff.
0: Well, okay, so one of your questions you asked him, and uh, that this movie kind of teased, is the all the promotional material for this movie makes you think it's going to be this uh, kind of War on Christmas-style movie. If right. you're not familiar with the War on Christmas, it's some belief that uh, secular society is trying to rob the uh, Christian holiday of its meaning. Right, like, right. Not, you won't. don't say Merry Christmas, you say Happy Holidays. You can't have Christmas parties at
2: school anymore. Right. You can you know,
0: have end-of-the-year parties Which, or whatever they're called. Um, I mean, it's just one of the most ridiculous things in my mind. You hear about
2: people, you know, they don't want the nativity scenes at the courthouse anymore or, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. I think the war on Christmas is just something that, um, the conservative and, side brings up. Me,
0: and meanwhile, Christmas is creeping ever closer to Halloween. Exactly. Every day. <laughs> I mean, as soon as the Halloween candy has gone from the target shelves, it's Christmas junk. Right. Um, you know something that I don't particularly care for because I like to have a little Thanksgiving. Yeah, mix. but right. but this movie is a bait and switch because it's not really about that,
2: right? It's not. It's not at all. What, what, what we get here is a different kind of sermon from Kirk Cameron than we've seen in past uh, past movies, and, and it's him uh, kind of uh, preaching to the choir and talking to his own uh, faith based. Uh, Churchgoers, his fellow Christians, his fellow evangelicals, I guess you can say evangelicals, evangelicals, yeah, probably (laughs) evangelicals.
0: It sounds like they play something. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, So you get that uh, different kind of uh, take on what he's trying to do here, and the fact that he is preaching to his own people and telling them why they should uh, embrace things like the Christmas tree. the, the, uh, the Santa Claus, right. uh, gifts under the tree, because these are things that some Christians would say, oh, these are, you know, thing this is the, you know... We're things, getting away from the spirit. We're of- getting away from the spirit of the season. But what he's trying to argue is that these are the exact things that you should be embracing to get into the spirit of the season. And what he does to do that is go back in time and talk about, you know, the roots of Christmas and the roots of the Christmas tree and, and bring them back to, like, this religious foundation that he's... He believes is part of the, the the more secular traditions that we have.
0: Rarely do you see a Christmas movie kind of applaud the commercialism of Christmas. You know?
2: Yeah, you don't. You never do. (laughs) (laughs) You never do. Um, The way that this is set up, though, it's just so daunting to me. It's, it's, I guess, it's like a doc, like a documentary, but uh, at the same time,
0: well, it's fictionalized slightly because the his brother in law, whose name is Christian. And he's lecturing to Christian the whole time, right? So. In a car, get it? Uh, it's not his like his sister, not Candace Cameron, who uh is his other sister, mm. it's his other sister, Bridget. I think Candace Cameron pops in for like a second. Oh, does she? I didn't see her. I thought I saw her. Uh, I thought I saw Mary Kate in the background. Yeah, I think Candace Cameron's the same. I think they're all kind of super evangelical. Oh, are now. they? Mm. Uh, anyway, so it's uh. It's not it's his sister's Christmas party and her brother his brother in law is nowhere to be found because he has the Christmas bah humbugs, like I said. Cause he doesn't think that this is all honoring Christ.
2: Right, right. He's not he's not a fan of the Christmas party because he thinks it's taken
0: away from him. So the movie spends an hour lecturing. Did, did you hear how slow this guy talks? My gosh. That was the, my biggest thing with this movie i was watching it's like why is everything so slow he
2: talks like this like christmas is not a good thing for people to celebrate and i don't know it's if it's because it's such a short movie that they needed to um, make it as long as possible but it's so annoying
0: there's no editing done i wrote this in my review there's no editing done like the conversations are just you get everything there's such so
2: much dead side there's so much dead air during these conversations and it's either the guy talking so slow or Kirk Cameron like giving him a look like you have it all wrong you have it all wrong yeah man. some smug ass oh man that's the worst part of this movie for me I, I don't care how anybody feels about Kirk Cameron or I don't care if you you know follow his beliefs I don't uh, myself but I mean I, I don't care what he does with his personal private life personal life um, feel free to you know sermonize as much as you want but just the fact that he f- gives you those smug looks, like yeah. he knows a million times more than you, really
0: aggravates me. Well, look, and I don't know my biblical history, but I don't – some of his connections that he makes in this movie seem a little tenuous True. at best. Um, you know, there's a scene where uh, he compares – He's he invites Christian to compare this, the the gifts stacked on the floor – to the skyline of New Jerusalem. Right. And I don't even understand that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the Bible, frankly, but I don't even get that. Like, like, cause he and keep in mind this comes after Christian gets excited and runs in and does a like a head first slide on the floor into the presence. Into the presence and sees the presence, and then it like see them as the skyline of New Jerusalem. Like, what does that even mean? Right. You know, it's uh, it's stuff like that that this movie. I, I don't know. I don't know the connection. And I look, I don't care. Pre- yeah. If, if you're a, if I mean if it's if you're a Christian and you need this sort of lesson or you see it as a good lesson to teach,
2: that's fine. I, I'm I fine don't... with it.
0: My saving grace for this movie, the only reason I don't, I didn't give it an F, is because I was so thankful that it didn't turn into the war on Christmas lecture that you that, thought it was. That I be. thought it was going to be because right. that is just the worst. Most divisive shit that I can't stand, and, that, and that's what people like Kirk Cameron trade in, and these these other faith based movies that you see that have hit theaters this year, like God's Not Dead and stuff. It just builds these straw men to to make, you know, cr- I guess Christians feel better about their faith in relation to the outside world, and it's just divisive. I don't I don't I hate that I hate that more than anything else in. Yeah in these agenda movies where, where it's just meant to to separate you from the rest of the world.
2: And maybe that's why he made this. I mean, maybe he realized that this war on Christmas that he says that it's happening is, isn't a war that he could win. So, you know, if you can't beat him to kind of join them, you know, let's embrace these things that everybody else likes and show them that they're actually part of, you know, what we believe. So, um, is he smart for doing it this way? I, I I have to say he is, um, the guy is a nice guy. I mean, if you watch interviews with him, he's a really, you know, uh, you know, he's a, you know, loves his family, you know, believes in what he believes and leads a good life. But just judging everybody else, the way that he does and the smugness that he has in doing it just really irks me. Um, and again, I don't care what anybody believes in terms of religion. You, you know, you, freedom of religion. Right. But at the same time he turns around and completely does the exact opposite. And, you know,
0: well, well, what bothers me, you know, and to a point pundits, uh, on either side of, of the political spectrum, like I look at somebody like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or Kirk Cameron, and I see them as just guys doing their job. You know, that's what they get paid to do. Right. They get paid to talk shit or whatever. But but the fact that it inspires real people to have these incredibly divisive views is what, what bothers me the most. And and even, you know, the, the, mo- the main movie doesn't touch on this stuff, this war on Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. But the prologue does. Right. And I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand that prologue. First of all, it's another thing just to pad the running time of this movie. Because it's like a five-minute scene of him at the beginning, fake drinking hot chocolate. Oh, right. Yeah. Like before the actual movie starts that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of padding here where he talks about some people don't want us to do this and they don't want us to do that. But then the movie totally drops that, which I'm I'm happy about. But I don't understand why that even had to be in there in the first place.
2: Well, without that scene and then without the eight minute
0: long, there's a dance sequence. dance
2: sequence at the end. This movie, I don't think this movie would have been a feature film.
0: <laughs> well, because uh, there's OK, there's. There's like the seven to eight minute dance sequence, right? Which is like a victory lap that the movie seems to be taking, right? Uh, a
2: really the, weird dance sequence, yeah, like
0: to some hip hop version of uh, "Angels We've Heard on High." That's like remixed and right done with baby voices, and I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. It's got it's the God Squad dance crew is who's dancing. <laughs> is that what it is, really is? Yeah, you didn't uh, make that up. No, that's true. And then there's ten minutes of credits and outtakes at the end of this.
2: <laughs> because this movie lends itself to so many funny uh, scenes but then
0: it and that just barely takes it to 100 to an hour and 20 minutes yeah it's
2: it's it's weird it's weird it's weirdly thin
0: um and, oh and, and the peppered in uh, the guy doing the, the conspiracy theory stuff
2: oh right there's uh, two other <sighs> characters that are thrown in here again for padding there's no reason to have them um i'm not giving this a bad review because it's kirk cameron and because i don't follow his belief system. I'm giving this a bad review because it's a bad movie overall and it does nothing, uh, for, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it really, it's going to reach
0: its audience. Of course, it's going to reach Kirk Cameron followers, but, um, do you, do you think though that even those people be satisfied with it? Cause there's just nothing here, you know, it's just so thin, but they're going to go see it anyway. Well, I know, but I mean, it doesn't mean that people are going to be satisfied with it. That's it, true. Cause it, I, it's just so it's insulting to call it a movie you know because it's just a it's a 30 minute church sermon stretched to an hour and 20 minutes you know yeah i mean there's there's maybe maybe a half hour of material here and yeah, it's I just agree. so thin and so i mean it's just so the opposite of what a movie structure should be <laughs> you know
2: yeah i agree i mean there there there's there's really nothing here um you probably uh, be better served if you just went on YouTube and watched him lecture somebody. Uh, there's a good uh, lecture between him and some atheists that's interesting um, to watch. But I, I wish he would just do a sit-down interview where they're not going to throw softball questions at him and he can answer uh, real things. Um,
0: well, yeah, like you, 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 you position yourself as this pundit and this expert and this you know moral authority, but then you you kind of take these softball questions or you cop out on them.
2: Oh, totally. Uh, Any anything that I found online of him quote unquote, debating somebody um, isn't, you know, I don't, I, I wanted a lot more out of it. I want somebody to challenge him and I don't think he's up for that.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, not that I don't, I don't, you know what? Ultimately, I don't ever see the point of that. It's kind of like when Bill Nye debated that, uh, the creationist. Right. You're not going to change
2: people's minds. Right. He he disagrees. I asked him that question. He doesn't think that, I told him 10 times out of 10, if you're sitting next to, next to an atheist, you're not going to change his mind and he's not going to change your mind. And he said that he doesn't believe that to be true because he was an atheist before. So his mind was changed. What I should have been able to ask him in a follow-up is the fact that, you know, it's not ever changed the opposite way. I wonder um, – I don't think you've ever – you've seen a Christian turn into an atheist.
0: I've I've met some people that have. I mean, but but not with like his kind of fervor, you know.
1: I love that word, by the way, For
0: I don't know. I mean, I think you can. People can change, but usually it it doesn't happen. I mean, it's not going to happen as a result of an argument. I don't
2: exactly. That's what I was trying to come across. Okay. Um, because he, I don't know. I guess maybe he's open to doing it, but not in a form where, not in a form that's big enough for anybody
0: to watch, or care. Yeah, I, I just, I just wish that it was something that that was. You know, because I hate giving bad reviews to stuff like this because then people just see you having exactly. an agenda. Exactly. You know, but it's really just a bad movie. Right. What's your grade for this? Uh, I'm giving this a D minus. D minus. That's my grade, too. It, like I said, only it's, it's, it's only not an F because it didn't cross that line that I thought it was going to cross. Right. I, to- I totally agree. Cody, how come you didn't see this?
1: Because I I wasn't given the opportunity to. Uh, you are such a liar. <laughs> I totally gave you the opportunity. No, because I was going to do it this week, but nobody ever.
0: Well, they didn't. That was like a month ago. They gave us the screener. I emailed the busy. I emailed
1: the publicist, and I'm they didn't. They never you. got back to me. I was in the middle of Austin Film Fest stuff, and then I was ready to do it this week, and then it was nowhere to be found. I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Well, you should have gone I guess to see, see it. I he didn't want to go business. to hell.
2: He did not want to go to hell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's it for this week. Yeah. What do we got next week?
1: Next week we have... Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Mockingjay. What's Part that? One. Has, has everybody
0: been bothering you, by the way, to get uh, into the screening?
2: The screening no, that does okay. not allow any guests? Guests, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: I've had a few people ask.
1: Yeah, I've had a few people ask, but I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. We also have the theory of everything, which oh, yeah. we have all already seen. And so. uh, Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I there think. might be an
2: indie or so. Or
0: is the theory of everything The, the
1: of everything is the indie. I think anyone's everything else is afraid to open up against the Hunger Games. It's probably wise.
0: Yeah. So this is, uh, is this one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last roles?
1: Yes. It is the second to last one because if, uh, assuming they didn't cut out everything of part two, yeah. Wow. And Sad. We, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, so uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message at 920film210. It's 920 3456 210. Let us know what you think of uh, that new snazzy intro. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Um. Anything else?
2: You want to go out with some uh, um, Christmas, uh, um, getting on the floor and doing some Christmas. Um,
1: oh, yeah, we need to do our hip hop Christmas hip-hop dance. Music. Oh, also, we've never said this before, but if anyone's listening, that doesn't follow us on Facebook and Twitter, oh, yeah. please do. You can just look us up uh, as CineSnob on Facebook and at CineSnob on Twitter.
0: Isn't our Facebook page CineSnob
1: Critic? It's CineSnob Critic, but if you just type in CineSnob yeah. in the search bar, it'll come up. If you search for CineSnob, it comes up Kiko, right? If you put if you put Facebook.com/slash CineSnob, it is Kiko's personal web. Uh, oh my page god! On Facebook. You can
2: see all my cute pictures of my little girl. Oh.
0: <laughs> Such a branding disaster. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Kiko Martinez. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews,
2: and more, visit CineSnob.net. See you next week.